welcome to this very special edition of Security in a Zero Trust World, powered by Unisys. As always, I'm your host, Steve Mullen. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, the world has changed in far too many ways to count. One area where that change is very clear is in the business world. From work-from-home policies that for some companies may never end, to even the physical structure of offices, many organizations may find their structure is nearly unrecognizable. And many of these changes may be permanent. I mentioned at the top of the episode that this is a special edition, and the reason for that is that we're joined today by the CEO of Unisys, Peter Altebeth. To start our conversation, I simply asked Peter, how are you? Well, Steve, thanks for the question. And, you know, it's a real question. I do monthly messages to our associate population around the world. And one of them dealt with this question of how are you? Because it's not a throwaway anymore. And it is not just a question of how is the individual you're talking to. We call them associates at Unisys rather than employees. But often it's the associate's family member. It may be a friend or relative that has COVID-19. And so it's really a, a very relevant, real question now. The answer to your relevant, real question, Steve, is that none of the Altabefs have contracted COVID-19 and everyone is feeling well. So thanks very much for asking. That's all wonderful to hear. Uh, what about the company itself? How are the company and its associates faring during the pandemic? Well, that's a mixed bag. It is a global company. Uh, we have associates around the world. And fortunately, if we look at our percentage of associates that have contracted COVID-19 against pretty much any benchmark, the percentage is low, but it is not zero. One of my jobs, and it's a self-appointed job, is with the permission of the associate uh, because we keep their identities, you know, without uh, publicizing them other than what we need to do for contact tracing, of course. But with the permission of the associates, I'm speaking actually individually to each associate that has contracted COVID-19 and trying to do follow-ups as well. That has taken me on video calls uh, literally around the world. We have associates in Australia, in Latin America, in Europe, in the U.S., uh, that have contracted uh, COVID-19. The total number, however, is modest. Um, but the effect on the associate, the effect on the associate's family is anything but modest. And is there a particular challenge for a global company like yours to deal with this sort of thing versus, uh, I guess, just a company that's maybe just in one country, in the United States or elsewhere? That's a really good question, too. I, I think there are challenges for global companies. The good news is most companies that have people around the world also have the resources to devote to this to take care of the complexity. So, you know, in the U.S., obviously, we have CDC rules around much of the world. Individual countries have their own guidelines, and almost all countries are also following the WHO guidelines. So making sure that you're you know, following local guidelines and, and particularly that in the U.S. gets to states and to cities can be complicated, but it is very, very worthwhile. At Unisys, uh, we, we kind of have a, a triple standard. We will always be in compliance with the relevant guidelines of the location, city, state, country. We will also always be in guidelines with the uh, WHO global guidelines. And we will be in accordance with our own Unisys guidelines. So we, we actually take the most strict of those three standards. 
Now, obviously, the social distancing shutdowns that have happened all over the country and all over the world have really slowed the economy. How can businesses and specifically Unisys speed up the recovery as everything reopens? I think the first answer to that question is we should not speed up that recovery faster than is appropriate. I think there is a danger of doing things that makes the situation worse and not better. So speed is a goal, but it's consistent speed more than a short-term race. Then secondly, what I would say is we're all uh, working in real time on this. It's it's almost trite now to say, you know, there's an old slogan of like, you know, who has gotten your company to go digital? Is it your CEO? Is it your CISO or CISO? Or is it COVID-19? And the answer is COVID-19, right? So uh, most companies, right, have really moved forward because of necessity as opposed to planning. The, the good news for a company like Unisys is uh, because we're a technology company, I think we embraced this a long time ago. So it was not at all a big change for us. And it, in fact, is part of our business. Uh, a, fully a third of our revenues come from what we call global workspace. And that includes all of the work from home activities. And that includes the methodologies, includes the hardware and software foundations for making this happen. It includes security software to make sure that as you increase your move to a work from home population, you do it in a secure way. So for a company like Unisys, it is kind of what we do, but it is certainly something that the world has had to accommodate very quickly, and I think pretty successfully. You know, one of the unsung heroes in this environment is the telecommunications companies around the world. And and I know all of us have been on video calls where the video call has not been great or the sound gets muffled. But those tend to be, you know, even around the world, those tend to be the exception and not the rule. And the telecom companies really have stepped up in increasing bandwidth and the availability of bandwidth to make sure this has all worked. And it has. You mentioned everyone being kind of forced to move into a digital world and, and workplaces and people around the world are finding out that things may never actually return to the way they were before the pandemic. What are the most necessary technological investments that an organization should make to allow them to thrive in our new world? So that is a very good question as well. Um, and I would say the single most important investment that companies should make to make sure that they have the right technology stack to provide capabilities for their people and their customers is people. It is actually not technology. If you don't have the right people to design and to execute the way you are dealing with this series of technology challenges, then it will not go well. You can get the right people either by using third-party companies, Unisys being among them, or having your own internal staff doing it. Most organizations of any substantial size are doing it through a combination of both, which is, I think, actually the right answer. I think companies can be too dependent on outside third parties. They can also be too dependent on their own teams. So first and foremost, to get the technology right, you really have to have the right people. 
I don't say that tritely. It is not easy in today's world to find the right people, to recruit the right people, which is why you do tend to use some third-party advisors because it's their job to have the right people. But it is not an easy thing to do. That said, once you have the right people, I think the first thing you have to think about is you know, handling the current crisis, but also having an eye toward the future. Where do you think this is going? Most companies do not envision going back to pre-COVID-19 levels of infrastructure. They don't think that everyone is going to go back and work in an office all the time. Some of them are thinking 50% of the FTEs in the office, that may be staggered, but basically 50% is crowded. Others are at 30%. Others are at 70%. So as you're designing right now, you have to begin putting an eye to, you know, what is a short-term fix? What do I really need to make sure works long-term for the level of remote work that we're going to have long-term? And I think I think that's a question now that we're through the first couple of months of the COVID-19 crisis, uh, people are really beginning to focus on. And so you were mentioning 50%, maybe 25% of people returning back to the office. Are you talking about after we find a, a cure for this thing, for a vaccine, or, or however that works out, after this is no longer a concern? Both, actually. You know, people are already beginning to return to work. In many places around the world, you're going to 25% occupancy and then 50% occupancy. And I, I think that as people get more comfortable with treatments for COVID-19, if it, even if there is not yet an inoculation for it, I think you're going to have those numbers begin to inch up to wherever they will ultimately be. But for the long term, you know, I don't think we're going to go back to a world where you have the high percentages of people working out of the office, whether that means folks will uh, come in two or three or four days a week, or some people will not come in more than one day a week or stay at home. I think this is a permanent shift left. And then the question is, how far? And I think is one way to look at that is how companies are thinking of their real estate. Almost all CEOs I talk to are doing immediate reviews of their real estate footprint because they do not believe they're going to need the same real estate they had before. Keep in mind, they are also looking at the density of their population. So if you have a company that is thinking about cutting its real estate footprint by 30%, that company is also probably cutting its density inside its office by 30%. And so you take those two 30% and you've got about a 50% reduction in the number of people coming into the office every day. And we are hearing that most companies are looking to reduce their real estate footprint that are offices as opposed to factories or retail establishments. So I'm talking offices by anywhere from 30 to 60% is kind of normal. And you have some outliers that are saying 20 to 80%. But I'd say, you know, 30 to 60% is normal right now. That's what people are looking at. Now, turning to cybersecurity, which is what we normally talk about on this podcast, uh, what are the key security issues that you and your leadership team have dealt with as a result of the pandemic and the shutdown and everything that's gone on for the last few months? You know, I would say looking at the biggest picture, when the pandemic started, the normal suspects on the – when you speak about cyber, you really have two groups of people. You have the criminal 
side of the equation, and then you have the government side of the equation. And by governments, I mean foreign governments, in particular countries that are trying to access information either for commercial or political or other gains. The criminal side, if you want to look at the larger, if you will, criminal establishments, early on suggested perhaps that they were not going to try to take advantage of the situation. And certainly all governments kind of said they were not either. No one believes that that's to be true now. And in fact, if you look at activity, both from you know criminal sources and government sources, everybody believes that that activity has actually increased over COVID-19 because there are more opportunities to attack data. When you have everybody working at home, then you know you have people hooking up to home networks and hooking up to home Wi-Fis and connecting to you know devices on the Wi-Fi network at home that are obviously not as secure as a specific laptop. So there's a there's a lot of points of attack that did not exist before. VPNs are particularly subject to attack because they open up, you know, often the entire Wi-Fi environment of a home. So there's a lot to be done there. What I would say in terms of things we are seeing particularly, it's it's people trying to get in through VPNs at a work from home environment, people coming in through other equipment other than an associate's laptop in a work from home environment, phishing attacks are the you know number one way that the bad guys are trying to infiltrate individuals or companies right now. The level of phishing attacks has skyrocketed and it was already high. And probably the biggest financial impact we're seeing right now is ransomware. And ransomware at both the government and the private company levels are at all-time highs. So there's plenty of pain going around, Steve. And our final question, have there been any truly unexpected COVID-19 related security issues that have come up with your clients, Unisys clients? You know, unexpected is, is I guess if, if you were cynical enough, <laughs> you would say, no, we expected this. But I would say, you know, the level of attacks against hospitals that are treating COVID-19 patients to try to get those patients' medical records and data, the level of attacks against pharmaceutical companies and governments that are doing research on treatments and vaccines to try to get data on those treatments and vaccines has been unconscionable. And I wish human nature was such that we would not try to... uh, as a as a globe, attack the very people who are the first responders in treating patients and in getting cures. But that is exactly what we are doing. And, you know, it is particularly onerous on the pharmaceutical and government agencies because you can say, well, these people are just trying to get a heads up. They're trying to get in there, get the data, get out, and then use the data themselves. Well, obviously, that's not right. But it's even worse than that. Because once you, quote unquote, get in and get the data, one of the things you can easily do is corrupt and pollute the data. So you really leave things far, far worse off than when you entered. And uh, it's just, 
It's very sad and it's very unfortunate. So is that a surprise? I don't know. Maybe a good cynic would have expected it, but uh, it's unfortunately the case. It's absolutely unfortunate. We're going to go ahead and wrap up there. Peter Altabaf, CEO of Unisys, thanks so much for taking the time. We really, really appreciate it. You're welcome, Steve, and thanks for having me on the program. Once again, we'd like to thank Unisys CEO Peter Altabaf for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk with us. As always, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and elsewhere, and leave us a review so we know what you think. Thanks for listening to Security in a Zero Trust World, powered by Unisys. I'm Steve Mullen.